Oh no. Oh no, it's a full moon. Ah. Oh no. Ah. Oh no, I it turns out I'm a wear sandler. Oh, oh my, we're going to talk about Hubie Halloween. everybody and welcome back to your new favorite show where i promise not to do that ever again the more you nerd where this week we are finishing out our trunk or treat for this year by covering uh, uh something that probably skews a little bit more towards the teen angle of things that is netflix's adam sandler's hubie Halloween, a Halloween movie in the style of the classic 90s Adam Sandler Happy Madison Productions. But I can't and also refuse to do this alone. So I need my uh, my bus driver played by Chris Farley. I need my I'm not going to call you my Rob Schneider because that is just insulting to everyone. I would punch you. Miles, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Um, I've had a, a really good time doing uh, this year's group of trunk or treats. And this year, uh, we we always kind of seem to end with an older skewing movie. And like I said last week, when I was about 10, I started 10 or 11. I started getting into Adam Sandler movies. It's around the time that his breakout hit came out and uh, which was Billy Madison. That was my first yes. big Sandler movie. And I mean, I think I only had going overboard before that were no, no one watched Billy Madison. Yeah. Or no one watched going overboard. Billy Madison was 1995. So we would, I would have been nine when that movie came out. Um, oh, you wouldn't have. You would have been 11. Yeah, I can't do math. I would have been 11. Um, <laughs> can't do math. You would have been like, 11. Going the you opposite direction. 11. Um, which um, is which is funny because my son is eleven and I can't imagine him watching Billy Madison. <laughs> we were adventurous. Uh, we were adventurous kids. Um, oh, I, Veronica Vaughn. Yeah, I I I loved uh, Adam Sandler uh, as a kid, and I slowly kind of got out of him as I kind of felt like my palate was maturing a little bit. Um, I think the last one that I the last one I saw in theaters uh, was Mr. Deeds, which I didn't like. So that was kind of the end for for Sandler for me for a long time outside of his dramatic stuff. Like yeah. I watched Spanglish and Rain Over Me when it came out. I, I, I saw Punch Drunk Love in theaters, which I really I remember enjoying a lot. But I was mm-hmm. it was also I don't know how old I would have been. I can't remember if I was in high school or college when that came out, which was kind of his first really big, serious dramatic film. <clears throat> um, obviously, yeah, he, and he uncut would cut gems in the last couple of years that he was getting Oscar buzz for all that did not pan. Yeah, out. Yeah, and he got snubbed and he's he's I feel like he's found. I, I don't know if it's the confidence or what or just the people that he wanted to work with, because I know he's already said he's going to work with the Safety Brothers again. 
he uh, not did only kind has, of feel- not, not only are they uh, are they going to work together they just got a movie picked up by netflix that's happened uh, well in the last uh, week. he 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 and netflix are as snug as a bug in a rug at this sure. point because sure. his stuff debuts to massive numbers and uh, that was true of murder mystery that was true of of the one we're talking night hubie halloween uh which came hot off the heels of uncut gems which that i did see that one in theaters um and you know, he also recently had the kind of feel good basketball drama uh, hustle. So it's it's really interesting to see. see. He's an interesting character to talk about. I, did, I mean, we could I have listened to like four hour podcasts that like try to make sense of Adam Sandler's uh, body of work. It's 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 a fun ride. Um, but this one <clears throat> in, the, in the latter half of his uh, career, when he was started making more general audience movies, um, he started doing things that there are a little less of the kind of edgy comedy of the nineties that, you know, popped up in Billy Madison and the water boy and happy Gilmore. And although edgy now sounds silly considering those movies, but they were, they were, I I, I mean, I I might call them edgy for the time. I don't know. Right. I said for the time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they'd be watching it. Now you're like, um, (laughs) So this one comes out and this one harkens back to a lot of his earlier material. There's some callbacks. I mean, a a typical Adam Sandler thing. All of his friends and his family are involved because basically he's out and said that he figures out where he wants to vacation and makes a movie around it. Yeah. And apparently he wanted to vacation in Salem, Massachusetts. Hey, for a Halloween thing. Why not? Uh, and he's but, I mean, he's from the Northeast, so, I mean, he's probably familiar with the area. Probably. I actually don't know where he's from. I assumed Jersey, but I guess I don't know. I think he's from New York. I'm pretty sure he's a New York guy. Uh, Brooklyn, um, born in Brooklyn. So, OK, <clears throat> yeah. So so where, where Hubie Halloween is basically like. If you took a bunch of candles, if each candle represented his 90s comedy work and just melted them all together what you would get is something that is not particularly uh not not particularly good looking but, but can still uh, have a little bit of a spark i oh, see you like that one miles that was a good little uh it's a good little take i so here's the thing for me is i remember watching this because so krista is a massive adam sandler fan and so i have watched more of his catalog than I would have initially cared to and have found, honestly, despite my reticence to a lot of them, kind of charming, to be honest. There were movies that I actively was like, I have no desire to see this and walked away being like, this is this was fun. I had a good time. Um, I, th- I think there's something about Adam Sandler and his work that begs you to kind of leave all pretense at the door and just have fun for a little bit. You say that. And while I agree with that, with a good Adam Sandler movie, there are moments in this that I actively hated. I actively disliked and did not want to continue watching. And then right at the peak of me not wanting to continue watching, something would happen that would make me bust out laughing. I mean, so you just described an Adam Sandler movie. (laughs) But no, because because I see a movie like, you know, again, I'm thinking back to to the the quote unquote glory days of, of his nineties work where it was more consistent. 
And, and the thing, the thing about this movie, and we'll get in. You we'll, say that. Well, so, well, we'll get into to to the story of this movie in a minute. But I thought that the the concept of this movie fit very well to that kind of idea. I think that the performances, especially the performances of some of the guest cast, are just really, really, really funny. I just unfortunately thought that there was one major aspect to the movie that just felt cheap and underbaked in a way that was too cheap for this movie you talking about the ending no i'm talking about the entire characterization of violet valentine which by the way today i realized that in all of those movies the the female lead has a vv name i i don't know why i never realized that before (laughs) in in uh in in um in billy madison it was veronica vaughn in mm-hmm. happy gilmore it was virginia vennett happy uh, virginia vennett played by julie bowen who plays uh 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 violet valentine in this movie in the is in the water boy it is uh vicky valencourt like yeah, vicky valencourt <laughs> <laughs> it's just i don't know why i never put that together i, I feel see that, that, that's that kind of stuff that actually makes me always appreciate the stuff that he does like this is a, a long, ongoing joke that means nothing to no one but him and i love that he does that kind of stuff i mean it's very vicky vale of him but uh well, well. um <laughs> i i, I I have very much become an Adam Sandler apologist uh, the last few years. Actually, I'm supposed to see Adam Sandler in like three weeks. That's pretty cool. Um, which I'm really excited about. Um, but I, I so this this movie, I was really excited about when it first was announced because obviously it's a Halloween themed comedy. And I'm I'm always really excited about comedies that delve in that realm um mostly because a lot of quote-unquote horror comedies tend to be too on the nose and not funny i mean there's there's plenty of great horror comedies i'm not besmirching the whole subgenre but there are a lot of people who attempt horror comedy that understand neither and so i was very excited that Adam sandler was doing this one he was filming it in salem and uh, apparently everyone involved seemed to have a good time in, t- in terms of like the town. And I, I, I'm a, I'm a very big fan of, of this movie. I'm, I'm a, this one works for me, even if I'm not always busting out laughing on re- some re- rewatches, I think it's just, uh, but I'm also, and this may, may kind of make more sense. I'm also a little Nikki apologist. See, I've never seen Nikki. I've seen bits of it. Maybe I have I, seen the whole I'm, thing, but I don't remember it. I, I very much enjoy Little Nikki. I think it's very <laughs> funny. Um, so this one I, I got really excited about because, I mean, you have like your it's a, it's a paint by numbers Halloween store. You've got a little bit of like everything. You have the opening where, uh, you know, a psycho escapes from the insane asylum with your gratuitous uh, cameo. <laughs> Which is <laughs> the first cameo just, of many in this movie with yeah, Ben Stiller playing. Ben Stiller, I, just, I mean, clearly just do do doing something so we can hang out with some buds. Although he was, uh, he, he was, he, I don't know that he hung out with buds because I don't know who was on set that day. I'm sure they were on set. They just had him do like. I mean, yes, no one is involved in this scene, but they they. I would 
be shocked if they didn't like have dinner right right after shooting this like four minute scene if that maybe maybe um and then we're introduced to our title character uh hubert schubert dubois <laughs> wasn't that his middle name schubert i can't remember his middle name i thought they didn't say they, they like someone called him hubie doobie at one point <laughs> i mean well he had a lot of names that were thrown around during this mm-hmm. during this movie and i'm not sure what were i remember his mom called him something but i didn't write it down and of course now i i feel dumb for not having done that but uh, uh which we, we'll we'll get there but <laughs> his mom like the ongoing joke with the old ladies in this movie, for whatever reason, really, really works for me because they chose some quality T-shirts. Yeah, the 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 mom, the mom and her best friend in this movie are repeatedly shown wearing T-shirts that have like the worst, like, the worst. No, like stuff you they, they were like Spencer Gifts T-shirts. They bought them all at a thrift store and you can tell they like this was like from Spencer's like boner donor and stuff like yeah, that. Like, like all these all really. These- super sexual related shirts that they don't get the context of, or at least they say they don't get the context. of. Yeah. I, I mean, just like that, that, that hyper adolescent humor, um, that was also really big in the late nineties. Um, entire, entire stores lasted for about five years on, on those, those shirts. <laughs> and that landed so well every single time because she played it off. I mean, this was this was no Mama Boucher. I mean, you don't even have Kathy Bates, but it was such a fun performance. Like, you don't, on, you, on don't her. you don't have Kathy Bates, but you do have Oscar nominee June Squibb. You know, it's you don't yeah, have I know, a, bad, but like, a bad actress. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But I just like also I think she was written to be a little less of a character than Mama Dubois. I mean, Mama Boucher. Um but so Hubie is kind of your Adam Sandler tends to play one of two characters, all, all, either the the really too cool for school slacker guy, the, the guy or, who will go like this, do this, or the guy with the accent with the kind of vocal fry voice. And that's what we get with with. <laughs> Hubie, we get one of his his silly characters. It's it's um, it's, it's definitely a Bobby Boucher inspired uh, voice for sure. Yeah, there's there's some Bobby Boucher, there's some there's some little Nicky, and then there's some classical Sandler stuff too. Um, and he's kind of the town goof. I mean, he's uh, a huge fan of Halloween, which I love how they explain it about why he's a big fan of Halloween. <laughs> Can you explain um, it to me? Because I honestly. I'm not sure that I understand why. <laughs> I mean, it's not a great explanation. I just think it's so, so funny because he was talking about how uh, because he was Jewish, it eliminated like several other holidays. And so he just really attached to Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Despite the fact that he scares super easily. Yeah, I, I think that's what's so fun about him is like he's a big Halloween fan, but he's also a big fan of like good, clean fun. And not like he 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 like. He would be the type to watch like it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown and not an actual horror movie. And what is so fun about him is he he seems to have some of it together, like he's a big goof, but then he's a savant in so many other areas like his thermos. The thermos is something that 
so the thermos is sort of the the character crutch of of Hubie Dubois. It's his and utility belt. It's his utility belt. And I equal parts hate it as I absolutely love it. It is. Oh, I love it. There are there are so many weird background gags that are involved the thermos that I didn't know it was the first time I saw it. it that it, just like, the thermos has a a spade so that he can dig up a grave. It has, of course, soup in it. It has a flashlight. It has a vacuum cleaner. It has a a, a dart gun. It has a grappling hook. <laughs> a the Batman grappling style grappling hook. It's absolutely ridiculous, but I also kind of like that it's so ridiculous. I like that yeah, that I mean, goes over the top. It's one of those things where like these movies, they're, they're good. You know what they're going to do. And so like I, I do also like the fact that it kind of flips the the fact that he's bullied by the town on its on its head because he's he knows what's going on. So like he's done this for years. So like at the beginning of the film, when the kids are throwing eggs at him, he's able to catch him in his thermos and make himself a little protein shake. And then immediately um, violently vomited up, which I yeah, I, I didn't like that. But uh, so. Uh, repeated gag number one that I really enjoyed. So so Hubie rides his bike everywhere. He he is not. He's either shown walking or riding his bike. And every time he is on his bike and only when he is on his bike, he has to dodge things that are being thrown at him from off off screen. And mm-hmm. it starts with eggs and ends up over the course of the movie turning into like uh, a TVs cr- at one point, a TV and a crutch and a chainsaw and all sorts of crazy things that like that. That is, again, I appreciated that. Um, As he's returning home, we meet our our big MacGuffin uh, played by Steve Buscemi, who. I love in this movie, I think Steve Buscemi never gives a bad performance he, no matter he, what he, i've never seen him give less than 95 percent to anything that he is doing and often it's a hundred uh steve buscemi is fantastic and this character walter lambert <laughs> is fantastic i don't even like i don't even want to spoil what this character is i know we're going to talk about it but i absolutely <laughs> love this yeah what this character is he, not only is he great i mean he's obviously he's kind to hubie and i i like reversing the whole creepy neighbor thing we're like oh no he's constantly like friendly to hubie and even like instead of calling him out there's a, a point where like he lands off on final's bike and and passes gas and <laughs> and after mentioning about having him uh Walter over for dinner and he's like and your budget's made room <laughs> yeah just he's super kind but then he's also like oh and Hubie you're gonna hear some things coming out of my house tomorrow night you just need to ignore them in fact it's best that you don't even you pretend they're not even happening and do not check on me don't check on me don't check on me <laughs> I, I again I, I like reversing some of these tropes that you'd see in like a Scooby-Doo cartoon or something because the the clouds don't darken and they don't like they don't over deliver that performance as sinister they they play with it and I, I really appreciate that and I think there's a lot of stuff that this movie does very very well in that respect there's some stuff it skates by I think I think a lot of the stuff with the teens is is very kind of paint by numbers um despite everyone doing 
you know, what they're called to do. Yeah, I don't hate any of the performances in this. I just hate what they're given to do. And that's and that's, you know, kind of kind of a, a shame because I like I like a lot of the stuff that's in this. Uh, it's just some things like the t- So here the big thing that and it happens with Hubie and Violet Valentine. And it happens. You with, really hated Violet, didn't you? I just it's and, and like I don't I didn't want to. It's just, so the whole point the whole thing in this movie is that Hubie is kind of obsessed with this woman he went to high school with named Violet Valentine and who was voted most attractive and best looking and a whole bunch of other superlatives. Oh, I forget the hat trick. The, the hat <laughs> trick. I forget what they are, but uh, most popular, best looking. And uh, I, I forget what the third one is, but um, the problem though, is that unlike other movies, and even other Sandler movies where there would have to be some like where, where the main character would be actively trying to woo this character or would woo this character as part of something that he's doing. She is 100% in love, obsessed with Huey the entire movie. And it got to a point where it was bothering me so much that there was actually an idea that because another part of this is that there is somebody that seems to be kidnapping people in this movie where it's actually suggested that she might be the one that was kidnapping people. And in a moment, I thought, oh, if this is what it is, I'm way more happy with this now. But it wasn't. And it made me sad. So I I like it because Again, it it flips a trope on its tail. I like the fact that, like, unbeknownst to Hubie, she's the one that's been obsessed with him as well, as opposed to kind of doing what they used to do, where you would have actually her character from Happy Gilmore, Virginia Bennett, like when they would have this scene where, like, oh, everything slows down. We have this whole supermodel thing, and like she's just kind of aloof about it. I like the fact that they they did something different and it's like oh no she's just as weird as he is we just didn't know that and i i I really appreciate that as as we go forward like seeing that she's the same as him and i think that's honestly kind of sweet in a way sure i just (laughs) i didn't like how it was played and then to see that same thing happen with uh with with violet's son played by noah schnapp uh uh uh, what's his beak from stranger things will Um, will from stranger things yeah by the way every guest cast member in this movie every cameo is either an snl alum a netflix series alum or shaquille o'neal it's one of those three <laughs> and that's it. Actually, I, I love the Shaquille O'Neal gags. Uh, I thought that was very funny. But, uh, but you have you have the same thing happening with 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 Tommy, played by played by uh, uh, Noah Schnapp, and and uh, uh, what is her Megan. name? Megan. Um, is she an MM name? Yeah. Yes, Megan, Megan McNally. McNally. Good lord. I love it so much. Um, I I didn't mind this one because their their kind of pairing is I feel just a little bit more natural than 
you know, Hubie and Violet. It was like, really, I don't think it was, it was really natural. It was just too instantaneous, even for a movie for me. And I know, again, we're watching a movie called Hubie Halloween. Maybe I should leave some of my expectations at the door. But, you know, uh, here we are. <laughs> well, also, I mean, because he's not dressed, uh, you know, as will you know they have him kind of in his normal hair and he's yeah he's got a decent kid he doesn't he's got a decent haircut in this movie (laughs) yeah so he doesn't he doesn't look like you know standard nerd i mean he's just an average kid and you know so i i found that their story was perfectly fine it was a typical situation where he finds himself um you know in a flirtation with a girl but he's also got to take care of his sisters and you have that that whole element i i enjoyed a lot of that unlike the kids in the movie last week he had the decency to already be in high school before he hit on the upper class well (laughs) yes um (laughs) and I i believe sandler's daughter plays the foster sister doesn't she so so uh well the two foster sisters are both played by sandler's daughters yeah i actually thought they were pretty good yeah not bad not really not bad i was uh, pretty good as far as uh nepotism goes i was i was pretty pretty impressed with their performances i mean they're not called to do a ton but just being able to act as natural kids in a movie is a big ask i think for a lot of young performers and the fact that they do it so naturally and Honestly, with with charisma, I I was really impressed with. Yeah, I I I I, I again, I don't have a problem with most of the performances in this movie. I just have a problem with some of the character beats, really. Well, let's focus on some of the stuff you did like. Um, right. How did you feel about? I think one of uh, the 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 key baddies in this movie, Ray Liotta. <laughs> Ray Liotta, rest in peace, Ray Liotta, um, plays Pete Landolfa, who just hates Hubie because, for no reason. One of the for no people, reason. For no reason, which is true of most people with Hubie, as they just hate him for no reason. Um, uh, he's just he's just d- uh, kind of dweeby and nerdy and, and people people lay into him. And the the thing I love most about Ray Liotta's character and one of those things where I'm sitting there like. I don't like this. I don't like this. And then start cackling, laughing. So at the beginning of the movie, uh, uh, Ray Liotta's Pete plays a prank on, on Hubie with one of the other kids that works at the, uh, at the, the grocery store with them. It's funny enough. And then the next time we see him, it's at his father's funeral as Hubie <laughs> is trying to go through and find out something on a, uh, a, a tombstone for figuring out something about Walter Lambert and, and, and he's digging and doing stuff next to the, next to the funeral as it's happening. And that's, you know, that's fine. It's funny enough. It, it, it works. Hubie gets pushed into a grave. Uh, It's, it's okay. But then we flash forward to the end of the movie where Pete is outside of the haunted house that, that is the focus of this scene. And he is flirting with, uh, another character that we'd seen earlier who's a teacher in the school and he says the line oh that haunted house just it makes me feel better uh, uh it just makes me remember that i buried my dad this morning and it's just like it was just one of those <laughs> off-the-cuff lines that yes this is the same day as this guy's dad's funeral and it was played like that shouldn't be i mean 
it's played for the laugh. Obviously in the real world, that wouldn't be very funny. Um, I, I also reminded of Michael Chiklis as the priest who earlier in the day comments to Hubie that it's a funeral. People don't take <laughs> like people die every day and they don't take holidays off. Um, but that, that the way that line reading read for, for Ray Liotta talking about his, his dad's funeral that morning was just so funny. I, I don't know. It worked. It worked for me. Um, all, all, a lot of the pranks involving people playing tricks on Hubie worked for me. Uh, <laughs> Maya Rudolph and Tim Meadows are wonderful as this unhappily married couple. <laughs> <laughs> Maya Rudolph is I don't think I've ever seen anything that, that Maya Rudolph has done that I have not adored. I love Maya Rudolph and she yeah, is she's ex- great. She's fantastic in this. And uh, because of them, we get the great uh, grappling hook scene. Um, I think that I mean, that, not that that's one of the fun things about a Sandler movie is part of it is seeing who you're who you're going to see, because sometimes you're, they're, they're a surprise. Sometimes there's fun callbacks. I mean, we also have a couple of kids named O'Doyle, which I very much appreciated as which, which we don't find out until the very end of the movie that that kid that has been tormenting him the entire time is an O'Doyle it's it's great and i i was very happy to get an a doyle rules reference uh i it's, it's i that, that suddenly that plays very very well for me and there's a lot there's a lot of callbacks to some classic sandler movies and i mean heck, having julie bowen as the romantic interest again is it's in a, and of it's itself a big, it's a big part of that um, uh, but, I, I have to I have to go back to Steve Buscemi, though. Oh, God, it's so good. So so, good. <laughs> so we're going to spoil Steve Buscemi's part. So if you don't want to listen to this, just pause, pause this episode, go spend an hour and 45 minutes watching this movie and then come back. Um, sorry, I had to cough a little bit. Um, Steve Buscemi's character, we learn as Hubie goes to check on him, even though he's not supposed to. <laughs> is uh, an escapee from the asylum we saw at the beginning of the movie who believes he is a 359 year old werewolf. He is good. He is not a 359 year old werewolf. He is just a guy wearing, (laughs) wearing fur glued to himself. But, uh, but every time we see him half werewolfed out, he just, he, he howls to the moon he licks people. It is just some of the funniest physical work. Uh, just Bashimi just being full Steve Bashimi, just being excellent in this movie. I love it so much. Um, also, I doubt it's actually a Star Trek reference, but, uh, you know, 359 uh, year old werewolf. Uh, the 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 first huge battle with the Borg and Star Trek The Next Generation was at Wolf 359. Coincidence? I would not be surprised if that was a little nerdy reference done, to be honest. I would love I'm, I just want confirmation I, I, now. I just want confirmation. I'll never well, find I it. I mean, I'll never get it, but I want it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's certainly one of uh, the consistent writers for for Sandler. 
uh, who wrote Hubie Halloween. It's just the same writer that did Billy Madison, Wedding Singer, Waterboy, Big Daddy. So it would not surprise me because, I mean, a lot of those guys are big nerds. They just don't advertise it as much. And I know he currently writes for the Please Don't Destroy uh, comedy trio for SNL. So him having a Star Trek reference would not shock me at all. Probably not. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know it, but it it's 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 too much of a coincidence for it not to be one. And if it is, that's that's wow. (laughs) Let us know, Herlihy. Let us know. Um, yeah, so they keep introducing Bashimi in compromising situations where you're like, oh, he's absolutely a werewolf, that he's going to be the big bad of the movie and it's going to, you know, somehow end up fine, but it's it's all going to be centered around this werewolf character. <laughs> and then we see the character that we have been, we've also been taunted with this Michael Myers type who went on a rampage 20 years ago and has been locked away ever since. And he also escaped from this asylum. We see this this person enter town and we always see him with his a, a pig mask on doing things very reminiscent of Michael Myers in, in the first Halloween film. And <laughs> Drew, you want to <laughs> you want to say what happens? No, Miles, you can do it. <laughs> get it. Turns out. Get it. Miles? Yeah, I, I get it. I, I got it. I got it. Do you get it, Got though? It. Shush. Shush. I'm just making sure you get it. Um, <laughs> turns out that the escaped killer is none other than a very blonde Rob Schneider. As himself. Who is, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> who is just trying to get his roommate back. Yeah, uh, Rob Schneider plays Richie Hartman who uh, is one of Hubie's childhood friends who it ta- ha- was involved in an incident that they never fully explain with uh, another character that we, I'm surprised we haven't brought up yet um, that we should probably talk about next, uh, who uh, has been in this, uh, in, in this institution. And when his roommate quote, Walter Lambert end quote <laughs> escaped, he just, he also escaped to try to bring him back. Cause he needs to go back to the, werewolf rehabilitation center (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's so good (laughs) uh, so we got to talk about uh we got to talk about paul blart here we got to talk about uh uh uh, the muppet the muppet (laughs) kevin james uh who plays uh sergeant steve downey who is the the he was the one that was romantically involved with Violet Valentine in high school. Uh, he is now a, a police sergeant in the in the town of Salem. He has honestly maybe the best hair and makeup in the entire movie. He's it's got pretty great. This big, huge beard. He's got this sort of long mullety kind of hair. Uh, he's wearing the glass sunglasses. He it it kind of it kind of rules. <laughs> it's yeah, great. No, it, it, it it's it's a thing that works because unlike everyone else in the town, while he finds Hubie annoying, he doesn't do a ton actively against Huey. Hubie, like he may, he 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 does he does a couple of things to make him get away from him, 
but because they don't make him as bad of a character and also make him a semi-competent uh sheriff who's actively trying to like hey we need to shut down halloween we need to you know we need to lock this stuff down he approaches semi-competent <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> I, I i appreciate how they did that because again they're, they're kind of playing with tropes and i really 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 appreciate that i think it's i think it's interesting to have a character like that who doesn't always hit the same notes that every comedy like this would have done yeah and, and he and you're right he doesn't he is clearly just as bothered by Hubie as everybody else, mostly because Hubie um, bothers him with stuff that is unnecessary. Right. Uh, because, again, a big part of this is that Hubie has designated himself the like safety monitor the or safety whatever monitor for Halloween. So he's riding his bike around like, oh, have a good time. Oh, that's a good costume. Don't take more than one piece of candy. Da, 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 da. I'm not doing the voice anymore, um, apparently. But uh I also like that he notices the why he approaches um, <laughs> Kevin James at the beginning is because he sees the Doyle kids with a lot of toilet paper. And eggs, a lot of toilet paper and eggs. And eggs, that's right. It's, it's, it, it's, not, it's not illegal to buy toilet paper and eggs, Hubie. Ah, oh, but it doesn't. But oh, but it, it doesn't take Sherlock Holmes Sherlock to see Holmes. it, <laughs> which is a pretty which, good. It's a, pretty it's good a line. great line, and it also establishes Hubie as intelligent. A lot of times, when Sandler plays these kind of characters, they kind of maintain being stupid, like Bobby Boucher. They kind of, they're or at least they are, you know, well-meaning idiots or. You know, but they're not they're not hyper hypercritical thinkers. And I like the fact that Hubie, despite being a goof, is pretty intelligent when push comes to shove. Yeah. Um, so so one last thing about uh, about Steve Downey and and his his uh, his sort of underling who is played by Keenan Thompson, Sergeant Blake. Um, Keenan Thompson again, just you know, top of his game at all times. Yeah, uh, they do this little montage of all the times that Hubie has gotten past, uh, has gotten because uh, 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 Keenan's character is at the front desk and <laughs> and it talks about all the times that Hubie has gotten past him and gotten into uh, Kevin James' office and. This is the biggest laugh I had the entire movie because you just see time after time of of him just going past him and getting in and getting in and 90 and like the, they show like six or seven times of this happening. And one time Hubie looks different, like he's got a different haircut and he's wearing different clothes. But all the other times he looks very much like Hubie. But this one time he looks different and Keenan just says, I'm sorry, I didn't recognize him. And it's just it got me so bad. And I don't know why that was so funny, but that oh, I, that's so funny. So that's what I love about a Sandler comedy, because it's such a weird grab bag of gags and jokes that even if four things in a row didn't work for you. Something's going to happen that all of a sudden just has you belly laughing. And I've noticed that about his movies where I'll, like, I'll find things humorous, but I won't laugh out. I'm not a big laugh out loud person when it comes to like comedies and stuff. 
weirdly enough, I'll I'll laugh at comedic moments in in non strict comedies like uh, like the Lost Boys. Recently, I remember laughing a lot in the theater, or even like something like Once Upon a Time in Mexico or uh, uh, Hollywood. Like non comedies, I find myself laughing more at than designated comedies where I'll still chuckle. I'll still have a good time. But like I've noticed that Sandler movies like they'll have some key moments and it will be different for almost everybody. That just I mean, they just get you. And the reason you see a movie like this is to laugh. And, and, and you know, it's it's funny, Miles, that you say this, because I have had a a personal comedy style that you have been victim of over and over again. And our friend Mike, who is more of a victim of because he doesn't tolerate it as well as you do. Uh, <laughs> he really doesn't. <laughs> in that I am a person that that if I think anything could even be remotely funny, I will say it. I will yeah, just it, say it. I will put it out <laughs> into the world. It's not because I think it's funny. Most of the time it's because I find people's cringe reactions to it funny to myself personally it's a very selfish thing that i do this um but i see it's not surprising that you're a big nathan for you fan <laughs> yeah um uh, which i only discovered recently and uh, well here we are uh but uh it, it's but i have i have long had the the uh the 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 phrase the the catchphrase if you will they can't all be winners <laughs> <laughs> and that is where I see a movie like this, where they can all be winners. You throw everything possible out there and you're flooded with a bunch of stuff that doesn't work until you have the one thing that does work. And we're lucky that one thing does work. And that's really, I think, sadly, where this movie lies to be. There is so there's there are a few things in this that are really, really, really funny that are just buried in a mountain of okay 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 so what you're saying is you you what have I'm, a negative reaction to a lot of this movie because it reminds you of you what i'm saying is i wrote this movie <laughs> i wrote it i'm sorry that i wrote it i feel bad about it uh because i don't get residuals because it's netflix i i have an absolute blast of this movie i think it's a uh it's one that has been in my halloween rotation uh, since it debuted in the fall of 2020, I've uh, watched it for this week. I watched it last year. I, it's just a very, very fun movie for me. And I think when I watched it initially, because I had zero expectations, I hadn't watched a new Adam Sandler comedy in a very long time. I think we, and we were also kind of uh, still in the days of quarantining. Um, so getting yeah. something. Yeah, do you remember? Do you remember Halloween? Uh, 2020 miles. Yeah, I'm living it right now. It was a Friday night. Yeah, that was like two weeks after or a week and a half after a, a, a Friday the 13th in the same month. Yeah, it was it. It would have been wonderful for for to be out and about, but we we, we were not. But we were watching Hubie Halloween, and I just I just found it delightful. I I've really kind of turned around my my kind of general feeling for Adam Sandler the last couple of years. And like I said, I liked him, but I kind of fell off. And then you know a lot of people have that kind of thing. Oh, what's he's going to do this, this, and this? Listen, those things make a ton of money, so it's not just a handful of people watching these movies. There's something. There's something in 
special in that in that stew. And having watched more of them recently, I definitely see the appeal of Adam Sandler. And I think also the growing appeal of the fact that he does whatever he wants. He kind of exists outside of Hollywood. He's kind of an anomaly in that way. Like he doesn't he doesn't do that. I mean, we've seen for years him showing up at premieres with like a regular shirt and basketball shorts. Yeah. <laughs> like he he has costly thumbed his nose at your typical Hollywood stardom. And I think people have started to really appreciate about that about him. And also seeing like him take part in, you know, more prestige roles like Uncut Gems or um, Hustle combined with the fact that more of his output is of a higher quality. Um, I, th- I think I think we're <laughs> I just think we're in the second age of Sandler. Well, and, and this and at the end of the day, the, the other thing you have to realize is that if people didn't want to work with him, they wouldn't work with him. This guy. Oh, and everyone in, who seems to work with him is are, are like, I had the best time. I'm honestly surprised that Chris Rock and uh, David Spade are not in this movie. <laughs> honestly surprised. Yeah, because they pop up in so much. I mean, Drew Barrymore has done stuff with him three times now. And it said, oh, I would I would work with Adam again in a heartbeat. And uh, and uh, uh, Jennifer uh, um, Aniston and Jennifer Aniston has done a bunch of stuff with him since uh, like it's about they, to do murder mystery, too. Yeah. To the point where, like, I'm looking at the cast list. Like, okay, we talked about how Adam Sandler's kids play the the daughters in this movie. Well, the director's kids are in this movie, and uh, uh, Kevin James' kids are all in this movie, and the director's kids are in the movie, and Ray Liotta's kids are in the movie. Everybody's kids are in this movie. I, I think there's something endearing about hey, late let's let's do do a project together, but bring your family, and that's what he's all, he's been saying the last several years is like. It's not just vacation for me. Like I tell people to bring their families with them. And so the fact that they make projects like this and as projects as good as they are. And the fact that it's like, Hey, let's avoid all of the stress of all the other Hollywood stuff. And let's just family vacation. Plus we're making a movie like it's, it could only work with certain people. And I'm glad it's Adam Sandler doing it. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, they show the 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 outtakes and everybody just looks like they're having a good time making this. And, you know, I I have to give them credit for that. Did I love this movie? Few parts of it, few small parts of it. I absolutely did. Overall, I don't know. I've been put it in a 55, 58. I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm a big fan of this movie. <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a blast. I if if someone if it was if if someone said, "Hey, do you want to watch this again?" Would I watch it again? Yes, yes I would. I would watch it again. And that is something that that I think means something in the day where we have so much content that we could be spending our time on. I mean, absolutely. And I'm just I'm glad a movie like this exists. I'm glad to have more Halloween themed comedies. But unfortunately, my time has come to an end. But we are not veering too far outside of my key area of interest for next month. Yeah. So on this show, as we exit Trunk or Treat, 
Um, and I'm still nailing down the name for what this is going to be. We, I, you know, back a few months ago, I had COVID um, and it was a rough couple of days, but it was a rough couple of days that was made better by just going online and finding some random content that made me think, huh, I maybe should do some actual deep dives into this. Uh, and the show that I was watching was a a Super Sentai show. Miles, you you know Super Sentai. Our listeners may know Super Sentai as the sort of Japanese uh, Japanese form of what we would know as the Power Rangers. But that's only one half of the Japanese superhero coin. The other half is. Well, hmm? uh, not just half. It's it's less than that. You've got you've got other other parts of that coin. All right. It's 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 more of a 20 sided die of Japanese. superheroes. <laughs> then. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, that's accurate. Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought, let, you know, maybe we should talk about some tokusatsu shows. And the one that stood out and the one that we're going to spend the month of September, Tokusatsember, maybe we'll call it, uh, is a, a show that is note that has honestly gotten more known in the last few years in America than it was for, for a long time. Common writer. We're going to spend the month of September talking about different eras of common writer. And we are starting next week with the very first show from 1971 common writer. Uh, we're going to watch the first three episodes of this, and it's available in a number of places. It's on YouTube on an official channel uh, for is it Toei that put that out? Toei. Uh, yes. Um, mm -hmm. It is also on uh, the Roku channel. It's on Tubi. Uh, the Roku and Tubi, I believe, have ads. Uh, but yes, we so we're going to watch the first three episodes of this 1971 series that has, you know, like a lot of things was really big back in the 70s and 80s, stopped for a long time, and then came back stronger than it ever was before. Uh, so we're going to watch some common writer shows from several different eras. Uh, and if you would like to influence what era of common writer we watch this month, because we've got a few shows picked out, but, you know, we're open to suggestions. You can find us in a number of different spots. You can email us the more, you nerd at gmail.com. You can tweet to us at the more, you nerd, you can go to facebook.com slash the more, you nerd. Just let us know is, are you a huge common writer fan? And you think we definitely need to watch common writer, Amazon or common writer, black RX or common writer, triple zero ghost common writer, ghost common writer, uh, standalone I, complex. I mean, I'm not gonna say the name, but there, there is one, common writer that i'm resolute for us to watch because <laughs> I, I drew needs to see it yeah I, I mean i've seen scenes from it because you can't yes, exist that, on the that, internet that's without what got us seen kind of down that it. rabbit hole to begin with <laughs> uh, <laughs> several so, several like almost a decade ago sharing a video from one of these shows uh so that is what we we're doing next week common writer the masked writer himself let's go uh but in the meantime gang it is almost halloween by the time you hear this and by next week it won't be halloween anymore so we end this show with a rousing nerd, nerd. Ouch. Ouch.